Welcome. This is Dr. Owen Anderson for our weekly devotional. And I'm looking at Romans chapter two this week. Romans chapter two, which which has a lot of good material. We're going to start at verse 14. We'll read 14 and 15. For when Gentiles who do not have the law by nature do what the law requires, they are a law to themselves, even though they do not have the law. They show that the work of the law is written on their hearts, while their conscience also bears witness and their conflicting thoughts accuse or even excuse them on that day when, according to my gospel, God judges the secret secrets of men by Christ Jesus. So look at this. Gentiles don't have the law, but by nature do what the law requires. Now, what does that mean? The word nature can be ambiguous. It could mean sometimes uh, trees and forests. I'm going to go to nature this weekend. I'm going to go camping to get back into nature. Uh, more likely here, or, or what one might initially think here is something like what it is to be something. What is it to be a human? Human nature distinguishes us from the animals. But then it gets a little bit ambiguous because when someone says what comes natural, they might be referring to comes natural after the fall. So they might say sin comes natural. Now, that doesn't, that's not true about when we're created, as if we're created and it's natural to sin, we're created very good. But after the fall, you say, well, sin comes natural. That's what people do. So knowing the nature of a thing, what is a human, is not the same as what do humans regularly do. It could be that human nature is what is uh, to know God, let's say, but we regularly don't know God. So our nature is one thing and what we regularly do or what's natural is another thing. So what does it mean here? Before I answer that, I'm going to go a little further. They're a law to themselves, even though they do not have the law. So they don't have the Ten Commandments, but they do have the law. How do they have it? Well, he says it's written on their hearts. Now, the reason I haven't yet answered what is nature, human nature, is because this will answer that. But first, we'll have to think about the ways that this is misunderstood. It's written on their hearts. What does that mean? I mean, obviously, it doesn't mean that on your cardiac muscle, if you open up your chest, you'd see the Ten Commandments tattooed on your heart muscle. Heart here is, uh, for us, what we mean our being, what it is to be a human. So that gets to the answer. It's part of what it is to be human. It's based in human nature. But then the second part here, while their conscience also bears witness. Many times when people hear the word, uh, the phrase, their law is written on their hearts, what they think that means is conscience. So they think all this is saying is people have a conscience. And sometimes if they lie, they feel bad about it. But no, that's not what the, the sentence says. It has two things, the law in their hearts and their conscience, which also bears witness. That's the second thing. So the law in their hearts is not their conscience. The law in their hearts is based on their nature, what it is to be a human. God made us, and in making us humans, we're distinguished from all non-humans. And we especially think of the animals or the plants or even the angels. We're humans. We're none of those things. And humans are body-soul unity, and they have the ability to think and understand. And so it's in human nature to understand. It begins there, understanding our creator. And we understand our creator. We love our creator. We understand that we should be pursuing God. And the rest of the law follows from that, the love of God. So that's what it is to have it written in their hearts. Now, what their conflicting thoughts do, however, is sometimes accuse them. And I think we've all are familiar with that. Have accusing thoughts come in your mind. 
but then also sometimes excuse them. So that's not their conscience or the law in their hearts that's excusing them. That's their conflicting thoughts. So sometimes they'll feel the pangs of conscience and they'll realize they'll be able to think that they violated the law in their heart, part of their nature. But then they'll excuse themselves and say that, no, that's, that's okay. I mean, there are lots of people sin or lie or, or don't go to church or don't seek God, don't love God. So they'll give various excuses. So we have here a whole kind of psychology of the fallen mind then. It has access to the law. It neglects studying that. And yet, nevertheless, they do some of the things that the law requires. Uh, they recognize theft and lying and don't murder. But they don't go far enough with the law in knowing that you should love God, your creator. They, they greatly neglect seeking God, the creator. And so what are these secrets that God judges? I suspect in our minds, the first thing that comes up is secrets, more like scandalous things. Yes, uh, people have secrets in their closet, skeletons in their closet. That's what we're interested in. Uh, but what's interesting here, if you think about connecting this up to the beginning of the law and the love of God, the secrets that we try to overlook or downplay are, are, are those scandalous ones, but also... It's the neglect of seeking God. We don't even, it, it's so secret. It doesn't even come to the unbeliever's mind as a problem. It's secret even from them. And that gets brought out. That's, that's what Paul brought out in Athens. He didn't get into the secrets of what the Epicureans do with sexuality and drinking. He got to the unknown God, in that sense, a secret that they should have known, but they weren't seeking. So this judgment, in other words, it's not, simply scandals that come out that were secret in that sense, it's much worse than that. And I think sometimes we have a hard time realizing not seeking God and not loving God is much worse than those fruit sins. We'll see how David confesses that in Psalm 51. He confesses that way of wanting to have truth in the inward parts and the joy of salvation again, instead of being uh, not seeking, which then led to the other problems. All right, so back here to 14 and 15. We all have the law written on our hearts as well as our conscience. And the more we're able to articulate it is the more we understand it. So you might challenge yourself this week. How much of the law can I articulate, explain, show that I understand just from the nature of things, not a Bible verse, because you quote a Bible verse and not know how it relates to the nature of things. Can you show the law from the nature of things? And as you know, we have a free online class for that, GRI 102, which goes over the moral law and how to derive the moral law from human nature, which is precisely what we uh, should be able to do. So thanks for joining me in our weekly devotion.